Weekly News by iGaming Next is brought to you by Playson, quality games since 2012. This episode is sponsored by Zimpler. All right. Bam. Take two, uh, Nico. Take two. Uh, we, we had a bit of a failure here in the pre-production. They heard this before here, but now we are live. Uh, Nico, you are on the other side of the world. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm awesome. Awesome. It's just six o'clock in the morning here in uh, San Diego. Perfect time uh, to have a little bit of a, you know, clubhouse coffee chat revival like we used to do back in the days where the two of us just... Uh, just met and it seems like the dynamic duo is, uh, is back once again as um, you know some other uh, uh, people are on vacation which is a good thing to do to be honest exactly exactly when the, when the boys are on vacation then we take over Nico and uh, you know this, uh, this duo you can't take it away that's for sure uh, we have a fantastic uh, program here uh, in front of us today and uh, hello everyone and welcome to, to, uh, to joining us uh, uh, Bogdan uh, Ignacio, really nice to have you guys here. Uh, hopefully, we can keep you entertained here for the uh, for the next for the five minutes, an hour or so. Um, we have a couple of really interesting points to discuss today. Uh, I'll just do a little bit of an overview here. Um, the first kind of major news we are going to discuss today is Lottery.com, which uh, may be forced to close down after their CFO uh, overstated the cash balance, which is now. Uh, putting uh, the, uh, their liquidity in jeopardy. Uh, they are not able to pay salaries at the moment, and we're going to go into that uh, a little bit further. Um, second point is um, there's a war breaking out in California at the moment. And uh, Nico, you are in California now, and I was in California a couple of months ago uh, and turned on the TV, Fox News. I'm not proud to admit that, but I was watching Fox News. And on the commercial break, and this is, now we are talking uh, in May, there was advertisements running uh, to uh, uh, basically paid for by the tribes in California trying to lobby uh, against uh, the, uh, um, uh, the, the, uh, the upcoming sports betting bill, the proposition number 27, which is looking to legalize online sports betting. Um, on the other side of the fence, uh, we have a consortium of online sports betting operators who are also running ads in order to promote uh, Bill 27, of course. And these uh, bills are very aggressive, uh, these uh, advertisements. And, uh, you know, we are constantly striving to improve our production here at Me Next. And today we're going to show uh, some of the videos that have uh, that are currently running in California. So uh, let's see if the technology is uh, on our side. Uh, but very, very interesting what's happening there. And, and it's uh, predicted to be the most expensive lobbying efforts for a bill in California ever. So uh, all eyes on California, and we're going to talk about that. Point number three is, uh, where are the Ontario numbers? We are we're going to talk about a story that doesn't exist, uh, let's say. Uh, we have been spoiled by the fact that uh, we are getting uh, numbers and breakdown of revenue per operator in New York on a week-to-week basis. Uh, and the hope was that uh, we were going to see something similar from Ontario. But so far, uh, non, uh, there's no reported numbers on the state of Ontario. Where are the numbers? We're going to talk about that. Uh, point number uh, four as well is um, research done by Vixio, who is uh, uh, making the case that uh, uh, the U.S. are currently uh, uh, missing out on over $6 billion USD in potential tax revenue if the United States would legalize uh, online gambling in all states. Uh, what would it mean for the country? Interesting, interesting. 
And final point as well today, for especially those on the European side will have noticed uh, the major fine that was handed out to Leo Vegas by the UK GC yesterday, I believe, or two days ago, uh, of £1.2 million. Uh, and um, we have some quite interesting comments uh, around these fines and what this means to other operators, where were the failings and what other operators can learn from this, essentially. Uh, but uh, before we uh, jump into this, uh, and uh, I want to say hi as well to uh, Monica for joining us here. Nice to have you with us as well. Um, we're going to try something new today as well, which is uh, five stories is not enough to talk about. And we, we tend to go quite deep into uh, these uh, stories. Uh, so we're going to start today with Nico has essentially prepared what we used to do back in the clubhouse day. Um, just five minutes where Nico is just going to kind of recap the week in iGaming. Uh, and so, uh, Nico, why don't you uh, take it away here? And I'm going to see if we can get up a little a little <laughs> countdown here as well for you so that you uh, have a little bit more pressure on you, okay? All right. All right. Oh, okay. But go ahead, Nico. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. It's like uh, covering like uh, 10, uh, 10 stories. Uh, in, in, in five minutes, starting with the uh, Germany. The gaming industry uh, blasts an order to close all retail uh, betting shops in, in Bremen, which is the uh, smallest uh, city state of, of Bremen. So the city has rejected an application from 32 high street betting shops that had uh, applied for the new licenses under Germany's new interstate gambling treaty, which came into effect last year, uh, July the 1st. It said that some operators, some operators owning the retail shop or running the retail shop, failed to provide written evidence how they had secured, and now believe it or not, the startup funds for their businesses. While one was, was located too close to a school, that's why uh, this one had to uh, be closed. Operators have until 5th of August to appeal. So, then, Katina Media. I'm mistaken. <laughs> Katina Media takes control of NJ.com, the gambling coverage. Uh, the agreement will see Katina Media provide, uh, sorry, provide high quality coverage of online sports betting and casino uh, developments for advanced local audiences across legislated US state. And what's kind, uh, quite interesting is the publisher, Katina Media, will take over the online gambling coverage duties um, for NJ.com um, by previously owned rival Better, uh, Better Collective, which ran these operations since 2019. Tribes in Maine must wait before offering sports betting. Native American tribes in Maine will have to wait several months or even over a year before they can offer sports betting at casinos and online in the state of Maine. Then... Uh, the Massachusetts sports betting market starts, starts to take shape. Massachusetts lawmakers approved an online sports betting bill Monday, this Monday by 1st of August, which will allow up to 15 online licensees uh, to actually run the operations. How it will work, legislation allows, uh, allows states three major, three major gaming facilities owned by MGM Springfield, Winds Core, Boston Harbor, and Penn National's Plain Raid Park Casino to partner with two online sportsbook apiece. So in addition, it will be 15 in total. 
Then giving you some numbers, Rhode Island betting handle surpasses 500 million in the um, 21-2022. Um, Nevada gambling revenue reaches a record of 14.6 billion in the uh, same area, 2021-2022. Then uh, heading over to the uh, M&M and finance world, Playtech goes cold on the Kelly Play spec plans. So the board of Playtech PLC has suspended plans to divest its shareholding in Mexican B2C joint venture Kelly Play. Um, the original plan was to divest Kelly Play via a, SP, a spec merger and subsequent IPO saw dealmakers target a return between 700 and 800 million on, these, on this joint venture um, investment. So Playtech has agreed that uh, due to um, the actual headwinds in the overall finance market, they will not go for the uh, spec. Then Kindred launches a 20 million share buyback uh, scheme. The Kindred Group has told invent investors that the company will begin a share buyback. The buyback was approved during an extraordinary uh, general meeting held back in June already. Um, and details of that share buyback program is Kindred Group has all already put a cap on how many shares may be bought back with the a company arguing that it will not seek to retrieve more than 22, uh, 23 million shares. As an additional, the com company um, reminded us that Kindry Holdings won't be more than 10%, uh, won't be holding more of the 10%. As of now, they uh, released 230 million shares. As of now, they hold already roughly 9 million and they will um, buy back 20 through, uh, 23 million more. Last but not least, one more topic, one more topic. There is, uh, no, two. IGT puts aside 150 million um, for a probable loss in the double down lawsuit. Um, so the international, sorry, international game technology IGT has allocated $150 million to cover the probable loss of a lawsuit against its former subsidiary, Double Down. Um, so Double Down um, was facing a case when still belonging to IGT in 2017 and has gone through a number of stages through various courts already. Um, and however, uh, $150 million um, dollars uh, will cover that cost. And now the last topic, Munich-based ID now has landed uh, a deal which uh, will give them $60 million uh, uh, in debt, uh, sorry, in euros, debt facilities to power their expansion plans. And guess um, who is behind the 60 million? It's the all well-knowing BlackRock. So what, um, what we have seen already, that companies are actually um, filling, their cop um, sorry, filling their pockets with fresh money. And as I'm quite close to the company, birds are already saying and singing uh, that they are pretty close um, to actually close the deal, which will be uh, uh, announced 
pretty much uh, this month already. So um, coming back to the point, we have seen it quite often that companies um, fill up their pockets with fresh money to actually start M&A activities, which we have seen uh, across all verticals and across all suppliers already. So that, ha that has been my 10 uh, topics within a couple of minutes. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll have to extend our timer a bit, I think, for next week. But uh, nonetheless, Nico, it's great to have these uh, breakdowns uh, back again. It felt like a blast from the past, uh, almost. We used to do this every single week at uh, Clubhouse. So thank you for putting it together uh, once again. Perfect summary of uh, 10 of the some of the most interesting news here of the week. And uh, just some comments here from the uh, chat, Nico. First of all, Bogdan. Um, he says uh, he read the other day that New York is waking up to uh, to discuss allowing online casinos to bring um, uh, allowing online casinos uh, to bring tax profits estimated at 400 million. And I suppose <laughs> I suppose uh, uh, this is uh, something that uh, the state senator Joseph P. Adabo uh, is uh, is pushing for essentially, and he has been committed committing himself to try to implement online. Uh, gambling in the state of New York, which is currently only uh, allowing online sports betting, not online casino, right? So the, uh, the traditional casino games are not allowed in the state of New York at the moment. Uh, and um, the state senator, Joseph P. Adabo, he's, uh, he is the same senator that was able to lobby and uh, push through the, uh, the online sports betting bill. And he has now shifted focus now to also implement online gambling. Um, however, he was hopeful that this was uh, going to be implemented in the uh, in the budget in the state of New York already this year, but it was it was not. Uh, he is facing fierce opposition from political level in uh, New York, and uh, while he is uh, still uh, while he is still lobbying for these efforts, uh, it is not until next year, uh, according to my understanding, in spring or something like that, where um, he will have the next chance to uh, discuss uh, to include this in the budget of the state of New York. So, uh, so Bogdan, I'd be interesting to uh, to know if there's been any uh, particular development other than uh, just discussions on that front. But uh, this is the latest that uh, that I have heard at least. And um, also, Nico, before we jump into the topics uh, uh, here as well, and and as Connor points out here, I'm sure you've had time to take a long breath there in between. Um, Narcissus, it's nice to uh, to have uh, him. Uh, joining in here today again, uh, he's uh, asking about the German uh, regulator here. I'm curious to know your thoughts uh, here. Why, like, why is uh, Germany so restricted on so many uh, aspects? Uh, is this a cultural thing? Uh, what's, what's your thoughts here on the on the German regulation and just the restrictiveness that they are showing so far? Yeah. So, so first of all, uh, the overall German regulation has uh, some kind of, of history. You know, they started filing or preparing um, the German regulation back in 2006. Um, if you want to look it up, uh, there's the Gambelli lawsuit um, when it was firstly acknowledged that um, Germany is running a state monopole with a lottery, state-owned lotteries. So that's when this monopole actually fell um, and the overall state had to open up to the uh, to the operators, they couldn't or uh, wouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't. In the end, they didn't, uh, didn't do it um, to file the new um, gambling interstate treaty, which came into effect uh, last year in, in uh, July. That's why a lot of operators were able to actually 
you know, run their operations from Malta and expand their business uh, to Germany uh, as well. Why Germany is so uh, restrictive? I wouldn't state like that's so uh, restrictive. You know, we have a, a deposit limit of 1,000 euros uh, per month, which can increase for sports betting up to 30,000 uh, euros on a monthly uh, basis. We are seeing deposit limits across all um, juris uh, jurisdictions um, as well. But Germany is in, in the news um, for sure. Uh, just remembering what I just um, told about the uh, betting shops in, in Bremen. Um, and this is something which we also see uh, across all um, nations and across all regulators and last but not least across all politicians as especially if you're uh, literally um, stating something against um, gaming, iGaming, gambling slots in particular. These are low-hanging fruits uh, which some politicians use all the time to actually gain some more votes um, on them. So we have some elections in in, in Germany uh, as well, we've seen um, the same in in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands as uh, as well, where it's even more restrict with respect to um, going for the license. Because if you don't go for a license in uh, in the Netherlands, you are not able to operate uh, within the Dutch market uh, exactly the uh, the same time span <clears throat> which you ran your business unlicensed as soon as you got the license. So um, as uh, imagine you ran your operations for two years without having a license, then you get a license, then you're not allowed to operate for two more uh, years. That's why uh, Kindred had to pull out of the uh, Dutch market and they uh, went back into the um, German, German market as, uh, as well. Brilliant, Nico. And a comment here to add on to uh, some context here by Bernd uh, uh, Henning, uh, who is uh, commenting as well that uh, the Germany regulation is still mainly based on the uh, gambling committee, uh, who, who nearly never agree 100% on a license approval. This will be changed, however, probably from the uh, 1st of January 2023, when just the regulator itself will be responsible without the committee to decide about license approvals. So essentially, Bert is saying that after January 1st, 2023, most likely, uh, the process uh, will be a bit more straightforward, perhaps. Yes, brilliant. Um, we're going to jump over to uh, kind of the first topic uh, of today, um, which is uh, you know related a little bit to, uh, let's say, poor liquidity. Uh, we, we reported an exclusive story at Argumentext uh, earlier in the week that uh, Scout Gaming Group is having liquidity uh, issues uh, and um, urgently need to seek uh, additional funding in order to operate. But uh, that is not the story that we're going to focus on now. But on a similar uh, note, uh, Lottery.com, is uh, also facing liquidity issues. Uh, we reported on this story uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, that uh, the Lottery.com had essentially overstated their financial accounts and their liquidity by 30 million USD. And uh, keep in mind at that time that the, the, um, uh, the um, market cap of the company, which is publicly listed, was around 50 million at that time. Uh, so we spoke about that time that, uh, I mean, this is a major uh, overstatement, obviously, for, for, a, for an organization uh, of that uh, market capitalization. And after the news broke, uh, a couple of weeks later here, 
it is now surfacing that Lottery.com uh, is facing liquidity issues now based on this uh, kind of overstatement of finances. This is not uh, unusual in the startup world that uh, it's difficult to keep track of your finances and you end up ha having a lot less money than you think. But for a publicly traded company, this is obviously extraordinary uh, that this fault has taken place. Um, the CFO was terminated here a while ago as a result of this. The, uh, the incoming uh, person to take over the finances uh, resigned as well shortly after. And uh, last week, the founder and CEO, uh, Tony De Matteo, has uh, also resigned from the company, uh, which is now facing liquidity issues. So, um, uh, Nico, would you like to go uh, a little bit deeper into this story, perhaps? So, uh, first of all, um, they... Um... Sorry, they filed a filing um, to the SEC as a stock-listed company in, uh, um, in, in NASDAQ. Uh, exactly, you have to um, file uh, reports to the um, SEC. And what you already mentioned, that, um, that we're seeing um, C-levels leaving the board or are forced to leave the board and with the chart. Can you just put, uh, put back the, uh, the chart on? Um, so... If we go to the um, highest value, which was um, $17.50, and then they had a market cap of more than $1 billion. Um, as of now, they are uh, literally uh, going down, burning a lot of money. And as of now, they are traded um, at roughly uh, 55 um, cents. There you can just see uh, what an impact it actually had. So with these... Uh, filing made to the SAC, they specifically pointed out that as of now, um, they already owe approximately $425,000 um, as outstanding uh, payroll obligations to their um, existing um, employees. And uh, guess what? They are uh, stating that not paying your employees might lead to um, employees actually leaving uh, the company while um, C-levels uh, decide on their own, okay, um, it's uh, probably, too, uh, probably too hard to actually being involved in these operations. Uh, as of now, the employees uh, are literally forced to leave the company as they uh, are not getting uh, paid. And this is the actual um, we are seeing um, as of now, and they pretty much stated that due to this obligation, uh, one, of, one of the risks is that key employees are um, actually leaving the company. And that's just the latest, uh, what we're hearing from Lottery.com. And I'm pretty sure it's not the last, uh, what we will hear. No, absolutely. It's uh, interesting. We're, 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 for the first time, we are getting attacked by spam bots here in the chat, by the way. It was a, a long time coming, I think. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, nonetheless, we'll, we'll get to enjoy that a little bit uh, too. But uh, yes, as you point out here, Nico, um, Lottery.com peaked uh, at its market cap of uh, nearly 1 billion USD about a year ago. And uh, since, then, uh, since then, they have lost, let's see... They have lost like 98% of the market cap. Yeah, 97% of the market cap. And um, the company is today worth uh, around 20 million uh, USD rather than 1 billion. And so you can see how quick the ties can turn for an organization. And this is not the only uh, company in the industry that have made these uh, swings uh, on the stock market since uh, 
since last year, unfortunately. Many organizations have lost uh, a large amount of market cap, specifically those who are more speculative. Um, we've seen many of the um, esports gambling uh, B2C brands uh, losing a lot of their market cap as well to this extent. But uh, obviously in the case here of Lottery.com, uh, this is further uh, fueled on by the fact that uh, yes, they uh, obviously massively overstated uh, their cash balance and uh, the company is uh, is now in danger of, of not being able to uh, continue to operate. And um, in their FCC filing, they talk about the uh, potential snowball effect that, uh, that this will bring, the fact that they are not able to uh, pay their uh, pay their employees uh, salaries at the moment, which uh, which obviously potentially will lead to an exodus of employees uh, and in turn partners leaving the company because uh, they just don't have uh, the support they need and um, uh, the snowball effect is in motion, so to say. So uh, I suppose uh, we will see in the next uh, couple of weeks here uh, what will be uh, the result of of, uh, of this mess within the company. But uh, you know, if if you're if you're if you're running a company um, and uh, you know looking after your company finances, uh, checking up on your CFO, uh, you know, not letting one person control uh, the finances is uh, should be a priority for any organization, and and we can see clearly see here why uh, what happens when uh, when someone messes up the finances, it can risk the entire company. Of course, uh, like I said, this is not uh, uncommon for startups, which is very messy and uh, you know growing too quick and uh, not really allowing the growth on the on the structure side and and so on. But uh, for a publicly traded company, this is obviously a, a disaster. Uh, Nico, second point, and I'm really excited about this actually, uh, because uh, we're gonna test the limits of uh, our streaming software today by <laughs> trying to stream some videos uh, today, which is really interesting and fun. But um, we pointed out here that uh, Nico, you are currently uh, in Cal the state of California at the moment, which is an battleground state, uh, not uh, because of the Democrats and Republicans, uh, the battle. Uh, ground um, the battleground uh, kind of name has not really been associated to California traditionally, which is a very democratic state. So elections are not really that important in the state of uh, of California. It's not uh, at least not on a federal general election level. But um, but on the other hand, uh, down the ballot there are a number of of different uh, questions that are being voted on in uh, the uh, election in. November, the midterm election. One of them, of course, is um, is California going to legalize online sports betting? Uh, there are two bills uh, that are going to be voted on, uh, Proposition 26 and Proposition 27. And they are very different, these two bills. Okay, and um, There is basically, this boils down to a war between the local tribes in the state of California versus the online sports betting operators, as we know them, the DraftKings, the FanDuel's, the Ballybets, and so on. And so the, uh, the uh, proposition number 26 is uh, targeting, uh, let's say, the, the local uh, tribes for them to be able to offer sports betting, uh, which, which is uh, currently not allowed uh, by, by the tribes, versus uh, proposition number 27, which is then being, being voted on to legalize sports betting, on, uh, online sports betting, uh, which is a proposition that has been brought forward by the consortium of the online sports betting operators. Uh, so on the one hand, you have the, uh, the very powerful tribes in California who absolutely does not 
want anyone to touch the uh, anything to do with gambling within the state of California. The tribes have a monopoly on gambling for the moment being in the state of California. And then proposition number 27, of course, is uh, driven by the online sports betting operators who want to offer sports betting in the uh, state, online sports betting in the state of, of California. Uh, and um, already months ago, the war started on a public uh, level with uh, TV advertisements, uh, basically, you know, no, no holds bar. These are two forces that are fighting each other. And it's uh, predicted to be uh, the most expensive political campaign ever in California. This battle between uh, the online sports betting operators versus uh, the local tribes. But Nico, can you give a little bit more context here? And then we're going to watch two of these advertisements, basically, that have been uh, published so far. But uh, feel free to give some more context there, Nico. Yeah, so um, this is an ongoing uh, topic since quite a lot of time. Um, and um, just backing up what, what you just um, said, so the tribes um, supporting their Proposition uh, 26, they actually are operating in California with their retail shops. And for sure, they don't want to have uh, anyone taking away their revenues with some online uh, offerings as, as well. And um, you know, uh, the Proposition uh, 27, which is in the favor of, um, of the Magic 7, so the very, very wealthy U.S. operating um, online gaming uh, giant, uh, which is backed by more than $100 million. Just to you already uh, named them the uh, FanDuel, the DraftKings, uh, etc. They supposed, a, um, so they, they claimed that they will give away at least, um, if I'm not mistaken, 18% um, to the home, poor and homeless. So this is their actual approach, like, okay, we will do good uh, with the money. We will bring on the table. Um, then uh, another news which um, came up a couple of months ago because the Senate uh, is run by the Democrats, so they have the majority. And uh, one of the state senators already told that all the Democrats uh, will vote for a no to prop uh, Proposition 27. Last week, we just had a news uh, that uh, another uh, senator will, um, uh, will not back uh, Proposition uh, 26, as he is just uh, aiming for liberal and open, uh, open market. And what you just uh, said, uh, we are not just talking about two uh, parties fighting each other. We are talking about two very, very rich parties fighting each other and making a point. Um, so that's why um, we are seeing this uh, TV adverts all over the place. You, you actually can't hide away from, uh, uh, from this uh, TV adverts in, in, in any possible uh, way. And I'm just thrilled to see uh, what, uh, what our streaming uh, software will be capable of doing and just to see uh, what, what, what we actually can see each and everywhere on TV. Absolutely. So we, we are living in, in 2022. And so uh, we're going to test and take this uh, streaming software to the limit today. But uh, yeah, so we're going to show two of these advertisements. So just give context in um, how raw and, and uncensored and a, a bit brutal. They, they, these are these uh, these advertisements. Uh, obviously, the stakes are very high here. And so, 
we're going to start by showing um, the uh, advertisement from the consortium of the sports betting operators who obviously want to legalize uh, online sports betting uh, here. So, so uh, let's see if I can bring this up here and we, you, you get some context on how this looks. Years, California's non-gaming tribes have been left in the dust. Wealthy tribes with big casinos make billions, while small tribes struggle in poverty. Prop 27 is a game changer. 27 taxes and regulates online sports betting to fund permanent solutions to homelessness while helping every tribe in California. So who's attacking Prop 27? Wealthy casino tribes who want all the money for themselves. Support small tribes. Address homelessness. Vote yes on 27. Wealthy casino operators who wants all the money for themselves. <laughs> yes, I like it. It's uh, I, lo I love the states. Uh, you know, my sister, my family lives there, but it's very American, let's say. And, and uh, uh, so, 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 as you can see, this is not really yet to talk uh, well about why. Or you know, they mentioned, of course, that this is uh, helping to fight homelessness, which is a massive issue in California. Anyone who has been there will uh, will agree with that. This is this is the, the number one issue there. And I, I don't know if you've been in um, central San Francisco yet, uh, Nico, in your stay there, but it is uh, it is um, shocking actually how bad the the homelessness uh, issue is in the, in uh, in San Francisco, even on the mainstream streets and stuff like that. So uh, it is no wonder that obviously this is the focus of the uh, of the bill uh, here. So uh, so as we can see here, obviously uh, very in infected question. Uh, this consortium of the sports betting online sports betting operators are pushing on the fact that uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 bill 26 is uh, essentially only for the wealthiest of tribes, whereas the smaller tribes they are suffering because uh, of the fact that uh, only the wealthier tribes are trying to take all the all the money from from the gambling activities. Um, and as a response to this advert, uh, the um, the tribes so the consortium of the tribes. Uh, they released a response to this advertisement video, and we're going to play that now, and you can see uh, how, again, how infected this uh, question is going to be. This ad, it's not paid for by California tribes. It's paid for by the out-of-state gambling corporations that wrote Prop 27. It doesn't tell you 90% of the profits go to the out-of-state corporations. A tiny share goes to the homeless and even less to tribes. And a big loophole says costs to promote betting reduce money for the tribes, so they get less. Hidden agendas, fine print, loopholes, Prop 27. They didn't write it for the tribes or the homeless. They wrote it for themselves. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's uh, it says itself, I think this uh, this advert, and um, so so the tribes uh, are of course uh, trying to make the case here that uh, this is not a bill by Californians for Californians. This is a bill by out of state organizations who are trying to grab profits for themselves. Essentially, this is uh, uh, the kind of uh, the the. the um, the ethos in this in this advertisement and so you can see that we, we are we are still three to four months out from the actual uh from the actual vote taking place and already a lot of money are being pumped into these advertisement campaigns i, I read something like more than 250 million dollars uh is uh, is being raised within within these two consortiums basically uh and so a quarter of a billion dollars is spent uh, on aggressive marketing, in order to uh, in order to get either 20, 
Bill 26 voted through or voted against, uh, basically. And so if you are a Californian, you know, more and more, you will start to see uh, this, uh, this fight that is breaking out between the consortium. Um, it's also worth to point out here that uh, the consortium of the sports betting operators, so you mentioned uh, the seven here earlier, Nico, basically DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, BetMGM, uh, Ballybet, WinBet, Barstool and Fanatics. Uh, they have also, the proposal that they have put together here for proposition number 27, it states that in order to gain uh, an on online sports betting license, you have to pay a license fee of a hundred million dollars. That is the license fee in order to operate in the state of California. Talk about a, a, a proposal that is only for the major players, a hundred million dollars just to start your operations, right? And then taxes on top of that, of course. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, so you can start to see why the uh, the state of California is such a big price. It's uh, estimated uh, to be a market of, um, I believe, something like three billion. I don't know if you remember, Nico, exactly what the estimations were for the size of the market of California itself. But but uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, it was uh, it's in the billions essentially um, yeah, yeah, in, in turnover. Yeah, and, and so this is the biggest price in the United States. Obviously, California is uh, one of the biggest economies in the world, if you take uh, the state on its own, right? So um, wealthy state, a lot of people and so on. So uh, it, it will be interesting to follow up on this now, of course, uh, when, when we get closer to the election. Yeah, and uh, the $100 million you, you just mentioned uh, is uh, payable uh, upfront to give you the uh, actual right to operate in that state for 10 years. So it's a license fee being paid uh, upfront to the state of uh, California. Um, so at least if these magic seven will, will make it, we are talking about $700 million being paid to the state. And what you already mentioned is like, first of all, you know, we see all the big tech uh, companies um, based usually in, in uh, the Silicon Valley, like the, the Metas, the, um, the Googles and the, um, and the Apples as, um, as well. But if you just walk around in San Francisco, you just see the downside uh, of poverty quite clearly. Um, as all around uh, the, the um, city center, uh, you, you see homeless uh, people. Um, if, if you just walk by the central railway station, uh, this is um, even worse. Uh, so it is a big, a, a big issue, and that is uh, how the um, sports betting operators from the outside uh, actually uh, are seeing their uh, their chance to, um, you know, uh, make make a point. But if you just compare it to uh, to other states, uh, example giving uh, Germany uh, as well, um, the the money being raised or um, the revenues being um, gained by, by the state uh, are used to actually support uh, social um, activities um, as well. So this is quite common uh, to uh, take money from one um, um, a vertical and hand it out uh, to other verticals um, which don't get, the, don't get the, the money. And as said, if I'm not mistaken, they wanted to give 15 or 18% of their revenues uh, to the uh, to the homeless, um, so they they might obviously um, have a point. And one thing is for sure, 
Um, as we just tackled this issue today, we had at least four or five stories uh, to back up um, what, what we're just uh, saying. And if we are uh, coming closer to the actual um, election of Proposition 26 and 27, there will be even more news uh, uh, to cover. So California has been an ongoing uh, topic and will for sure not cool down um, and <laughs> for sure will stay a hot topic for quite a long time. Thank you for that, Nico. Uh, next point, Nico, I have a question for you. Where are the Ontario numbers? <laughs> that's, that's quite an interesting uh, question. As the, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, the state of Ontario, they started operating by 1st of April. Um, and they were supposed to at least uh, report once a quarter. Guess what? Quarter is over. And we still don't see any official numbers uh, from Ontario. Uh, one of the representatives already stated that, okay, they just want to get it right. That's why we didn't see any numbers. Uh, so it will be thrilling to see what's actually behind the curtain, um, as this has been the first state um, which actually opened after the state of New York, where only the licensees are actually able to operate in that market. So within the state of Ontario, it has been the first state where we could see, uh, you know, the big heavyweights like the DraftKings FanDuel and the Bet365 of this world actually competing for uh, numbers. And we are all thrilled to actually see uh, numbers um, uh, flying, uh, flying in. And the numbers which we can already see is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, these are numbers from PointsBet. Um, they just um, indicate... Um, so they reported the Q4 um, uh, um, numbers. Sorry, they yeah they reported the 21, 2022 numbers, which includes the Q4 numbers um, as as well. Uh, and they just uh, took only a revenue of two hundred thousand uh, dollars from the province of uh, Ontario. And PointsBet is for sure one of the bigger operators. Uh, so probably um, this is uh, this is the actual underlying that numbers probably the numbers from Ontario ain't that big as everybody estimated them to be. Hmm. Very interesting story here, uh, Nico, and uh, really excited, of course, to uh, to see the numbers coming out at some point. As you point out here, I just want to repeat this: is that iGaming Ontario committed themselves to uh, report the numbers on a quarterly basis, but they are delayed. The quarter is finished. Where are the numbers? We need to see them. We are very excited. But um, there's also uh, expectations here that uh, we may not see the same type of breakdown in revenue as we do see from some of the American states where you get a breakdown on uh, revenue um, from uh, each operator, which is what we see in New York. And it's really interesting because you can follow the trend lines you can see which operator is outperforming who, and it's just really interesting to see. Uh, but the, the, um, the, 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 the early expectations is that we will just see revenue broken down by sport rather than by operator. Um, and so uh, it remains to be seen exactly how Ontario will operate its uh, numbers here as well. Uh, obviously, the U.S. states are one of the few uh, kind of local regulators who are reporting uh, a breakdown of, of the operator's uh, numbers. We don't really see that in other uh, jurisdictions in, in Europe, for example. Uh, so uh, we, we get a unique insight in the states of, um, of, of the US uh, where we can 
clearly compare like for like who is performing well and, and, and why. Uh, Nico, I'm mindful of the time is uh, rushing past us here. Um, let's jump into the into the fourth bill as well, fourth point as well uh, here today, which is um, the uh, a report by Vixio, who is uh, making the claim here that uh, the U.S. states are leaving billions of tax revenue on the table uh, by the fact that they are not. Uh, uh, by the fact that most states are not legalized for online gambling, uh, and um, the, um, the 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 uh, expectation is that uh, 6.35 billion dollars of tax revenue uh, are being uh, brushed aside, let's say, uh, by the uh, by the fact that most states are not legalized for online gambling. Can you uh, expand on this story as well? Yeah, just just a little bit. So um, first of all, um, Vixio. Um, came up with the uh, uh, says the Vixio uh, sorry Vixio gambling compliance report is stating uh, that the U.S. could generate more than 6.3 billion in annual tax revenue uh, from the adoption of iGaming forecast of the of the uh, uh, report and this report um, was produced following a request of Light and Wonder so one of the um, one of the companies being involved in the overall uh, gaming space um, as well. And um, the, they, so the aforementioned estimation of combined, combined 6.3 billion in annual, just annual tax revenue, assumes that a 20% tax rate would be applied to the operator's uh, gross gaming revenue. Um, all the money won after uh, winnings have been distributed. So just remember, in the state of New York, we are facing uh, a tax barrier of 51%. And this overall um, report has been estimating $6.3 billion in tax revenues with a uh, tax rate of uh, 20%. Um, 20%. And we also have a take or a statement of, um, once again, uh, the Senator uh, Joseph Edebu. Uh, to be honest, he's a pretty, pretty uh, uh, nice guy to being around. That, that was fun meeting. He's the hero. <laughs> he's the hero we doesn't deserve, uh, but the one we yeah. need. He's like yeah, Batman yeah, yeah. of iGaming. Yeah, he, he's like the Batman of iGaming. And uh, yeah, he's doing, doing very, very... Um, oh, he has done already very, very well. Uh, being involved in New Jersey as well and opening up the state of uh, uh, of, of New York, um, but he's pretty relaxed. You know, talking to him at iGaming Next in, in New York, he's a very approachable guy. And just making cutting a long story short, he just opened up one of the biggest sports betting market on the planet uh, with with New York. If I'm not mistaken, they already had tax revenues exceeding five hundred million dollars. Uh, so. Um, the CFO of the state of New York, um, uh, he just found like $500 million uh, in his pocket um, based on the uh, efforts of Joseph Edebu. But coming back to what Joseph Edebu just stated, New York is surrounded by iGaming states, namely New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut, which are witnessing hundreds of million in annual revenue from iGaming. So these are, he's just um, stating the fact that hundreds of millions are already gained through opening up um, to the uh, sports betting uh, vertical. And uh, what is actually hindering or 
preventing other states from uh, opening up to that additional tax revenue stream um, as well. Absolutely. In interesting uh, stuff, Nick. When, uh, of course, uh, it goes without saying that uh, the opportunity for the United States to uh, generate a large amount of tax revenue is there. It's, uh, no one can deny that, and it should be a straightforward uh, straightforward thing. But uh, obviously, uh, these local forces, like the California tribes, for example, other stakeholders, uh, are, of course, holding uh, legislation back. But who knows? You know, a boy can dream. Maybe one day we'll see federal legislation. Who knows? Yeah. And one uh, thing to add, one, yes. thing, uh, one thing to add. So um, actually, you know, um, these revenues actually happen. So players in all kinds of state are actually um, using the verticals of sports betting, of uh, slots, of casinos, as, uh, of bingos. But this money goes into the black market operations. So right. um, revenues, the revenue stream is already out there. And why not uh, legalizing it and gaining uh, a portion of that um, legislated um, revenue streams and getting the money or holding the money, keeping the money um, in, the, uh, in the states um, uh, wallets and doing good with that money, which is actually and already out there. We will put you in front of the Senate, uh, uh, Nico, and explain, please, to the, uh, uh, to the legislators uh, exactly this issue. And uh, we'll get the ball rolling uh, here. Uh, let's push for that. Nico. Yeah, maybe, maybe these, yes. uh, these appointments are already on my agenda while I'm traveling around in California. You never know. You never know. But we will cover that hot topic uh, within the year. You will see and read each and everything in iGaming next. <laughs> Some hero doesn't wear a cape, Nico Jansson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Last point of the day, last but not least, is the uh, um, AML and the social responsibility failing of uh, Leo Vegas, which led to a £1.2 million pound fine uh, here the other day. Uh, very interesting by the, by the UK GC, of course. Uh, and Nico, uh, can you go again deeper into this story? Obviously, there's uh, inefficient threshold triggers, um, spending triggers that are set too high. Uh, but also not really that much of a precedent from the UKGC. It's a little bit ambiguous, this uh, fine. Uh, we have some interesting comments to bring in here uh, in a little bit uh, time that I'm going to read out. But first of all, Nico, can you explain this story a bit, little bit further to the audience? Yeah, so first of all, they have been fined by the UK Gambling Commission, the uh, UKGC, uh, um, with a penalty, as you already lined out, for 1.2 million um, pounds, which they have to pay either way, and they also have to uh, undergo an, uh, an audit um, to actually see uh, or prove that they are, um, are well aware of their wrongdoing. So what did they uh, actually uh, do, do wrong? So first of all, uh, they are live um, via their entities and, and brands of Leo Vegas, Bet UK, Pink Casino, uh, 21st Co UK, and Slotsboss brands. And they have, have first of all, um, um, received an official uh, warning. And all these brands must undergo an, an audit. So um, what they um, actually, actually did wrong, on AML, Leo Vegas had relied too heavily on inefficient, uh, inefficient threshold triggers and inadequate information regarding uh, customers append amounts based on income or wealth or any other risk factor. So they didn't do assuming or based on the uh, statement of the UK Gambling Commission, um, did not do the uh, customer due diligence in the way the UKGC 
actually wants the operators or um, sees the operators running their uh, customer uh, due, due diligence. Uh, and in addition, uh, the financial um, triggers were criticized of being too high and unrealistic. So uh, with the monthly, uh, aiming for the monthly spendings, uh, and this is where actually the, um, uh, the authorities uh, kicks in and uh, starts fining the, uh, the companies uh, of their wrongdoings. Absolutely. Thank you for laying that out, Nico. And I'm, I'm going to bring up a really interesting comment uh, that was made on LinkedIn uh, here on screen by Melanie Ellis, uh, the, one of the partners at the Northridge Law uh, LLP, who is focused on betting and gaming, who is commenting on this uh, fine. And she is commenting that one, uh, one interesting feature of, of today's penalty for Leo Vegas is the criticism of the operator for failing to explain why triggers were set the way they were. The spending trigger, which prompted review by the Safer Gambling team, was set significantly higher than the average customer spend. And customers were made to think, uh, were made to take a break of the six hours of play. In each case, without explanation as to why the figures used were appropriate. Uh, and so basically what she's saying is that uh, the, the issue here is that uh, is that Leo Vegas were not able to to explain why they had set the triggers the way they were the way they were set. So why was the uh, was the trigger set for taking a break of the six hours? Leo Vegas were not uh, explaining this. They had to set the triggers without really any back thought or explanation why they. What was the logic behind this basically? And then she goes on to say, it doesn't necessarily follow. Uh, that Leo Vegas figures would have been acceptable had the operator been able to provide a satisfactory explanation. However, the takeaway for other operators with this fine is that it would be worthwhile going through all triggers and limits to ensure a rationale for each figure is considered and documented. Uh, this could reasonably be based on data from your own customer uh, and their activity, public sources uh, of information, and or public research. Uh, so this is basically uh, the, uh, the, the, the argument here is that um, document and, uh, and, and motivate why the, the triggers and limits are set the way they are. So that um, when questions from the UKGC uh, crops up, there is a rationale, there is logic and an explanation because there is no, uh, th th there's ambiguity of where these limits should be uh, and triggers should be set essentially. That's the interesting takeaway from uh, defined at Leo Vegas uh, attracted here the other day. So interesting uh, stuff, Nico. And uh, and uh, again, it's been great to uh, to go through the hour here together uh, with you once again. We are separated by half the world, more or less, uh, today. And I want to just give you credit here, Nico, today for waking up at uh, a very, very early hour. You're, it's um, it's essentially 8 in the morning over there right now, right? Uh, or something like this, 7 in the morning. Seven, even. Seven seven in the morning and, and we started here at six in the morning this uh, for, for you today so really appreciate that you uh, make the effort here Nico but uh, how could we miss the weekly news it's uh, the highlight of the week of course and, uh, I want to just also uh, give a big thank you as well to Playson and to Simpler for always supporting these uh, efforts that we uh, try to bring news to the industry information to the industry that we all love uh, so thank you for keeping us alive here each week and um, Nico do you have any final words here today? No, 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 all good. And just, just, just to add 
something to the Leo Vegas uh, uh, story. Yes. We are speaking about six hours of continuous, uh, sorry, continuously playing, right? Okay. So not taking, taking a break. Uh, you, you still, you know, follow the slot uh, machine, etc. Or just to compare it to the regulation in Germany, after one hour of continuous play, you have to take uh, um, a cool down or a pause of five minutes. Uh, so this, is, this just gives um, some, not explanation or just um, uh, comparable to the actual finding um, of, of Leo Vegas. And as already stated, if they would come up with the, uh, with some underlying research or why they actually set the trigger uh, to uh, six hours, I'm pretty sure that the UK Gambling Commission would be, uh, would be kind of not happy, but at least they have an explanation. So this is just uh, something more to add to that uh, 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 little story. Um, and as, um, as, as said, you know, um, we, we will just uh, see um, wh where, where regulation will head also, and especially in the UK. Uh, this was a topic we covered like uh, three or four weeks ago um, when the uh, white paper uh, is still in the filing uh, for, the, for the UK and each and every operator is just thrilled to see what will actually be mentioned in the, in the white paper which is uh, seen as the uh, regulatory framework to actually operate uh, in the UK. So uh, one, one more thing uh, uh, to add to this uh, white paper as, uh, as, as well. Absolutely, Nico. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Nico. Uh, reporting live from, uh, from, the, uh, from, the, from the hot zone here in California, uh, doing the hard work, you're researching what's going to happen over there. Uh, thank you so much, Nico. Uh, what do you say? Shall we go down to the uh, sushi place and have a California roll? We will. We will. We will. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for joining in today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye.